Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. Today, we have a wonderful human, Lauren Nicole. Lauren Nicole Peters is here, and she is going to tell us all the things about the femininity and embodiment and self-love and also business because you do all the things. So welcome, and I can't wait to hear more about your journey. It sounds fascinating. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. I'm so thrilled. So let's start with where we always start. And that's give us a little bit of a, a like snapshot, Cole's note, or as deep as you want to go version of when in your journey, did you realize that self-love was really needed to be at the forefront of your life and your business? Well, it was funny because you had me fill out a little form before I got on this podcast mm -hmm. and you have a question on there, like, tell me about your self-love journey. And I swear to you, Kelly, I had that question open for a full 24 hours Wow! on my computer tab because it, see, it seems like such a simple question, but it brings up a lot. I'm like, how do I don't even know how to answer this question. Yeah. Like, what is my self-love journey? But I love the way that you worded that just now. It's like, when did I first realize that self-love was a thing for me? Mm -hmm. And that thinking back, I will say probably when I turned 24. Yeah. So up until I turned 24, I was living my life in both default, but also in huge rebellion against all the other things that I thought were stupid around me, yes. stupid rules, uh, stupid attitudes, stupid preferences, stupid opinions. I just, I had this complex as a teenager. Like I'm very smart. I can find my way. I know what I want. I go and make it happen. And while that sounds very empowering, it was essentially coming from a place of rebellion. And so there were a lot of places where I didn't really know that I could love myself more. Mm. And so when I turned 24, I had this near death experience slash dream where I was this, I won't get, take you through all the details, but I essentially was thrown into space and suffocated. Wow. And when I died, it was this whole process of dying. When I did die, I went to the other side and I experienced God and it was just a place. I was just there. I was a part of all of it. I felt this divine love, this unconditional peace. It's like, I, I remember looking back at earth from this place and, and realizing that I didn't have any problems, like all the problems I ever thought I have completely just did not exist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's actually really cool. And like, I couldn't find any content of any problems whatsoever in all of history. And I'm like, can I stay here? <laughs> right. And then I was essentially sucked back into my body here in the real world. And when I woke up, I had this moment where my eyes were completely glazed over and I was still connected to whatever energy that was. So I was like wow. one of those people that walk around like, can I give you a hug? You know, yeah. <laughs> if you've ever experienced that state of awareness, it's very, it feels very transcendent, but it's also very separate. You know, when people see those kinds of people, they're like, whoa, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I, I understand those moments where you're like, is this really me? Is this really happening? Or am I separate from myself? Yeah. And I'm like looking mm -hmm. at my hands and I'm like, what do I do with these things? But, um, knowing that moment when I woke up, I still had visions. I saw all of humanity. I saw my mom and my dad. I got a message from God that my mom and my dad, I can see them as if I saw them as children that I could understand that we were all put here to learn our own lessons and whatever lessons and bad moments I had with my parents to just see it as them learning their own lessons and to not take it personally that I was a part of that. Wow. So after I saw my mom and dad and all of humanity as children, I remember blinking my eyes and then seeing everyone as equal creators. Like we're all here to create something individually as well as collectively. So granted I'm 24 years old experiencing this in yeah. the middle of the night. I remember waking up 
the next morning and being completely obsessed with death. I'm like, how do I get back there? Um, that lasted very short, but Mm -hmm. what I was left with was this whole thing, me being here, there's a purpose for this and there's an intention. Everything here is intentional and I want to find out what that is. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was a conscious understanding that that's where my self-love journey started. That's where it started, but I didn't yet know that's where it started. Right. The moment I realized that's where it started was 24 when I turned 29 and I entered into a relationship with a man that was not healthy at all. Um, up until that point, I had fairly good relationships, relationships where I actually didn't have to go all in. I could yeah. hide myself and perform and pretend to be this perfect version of whoever I was. But this one relationship, looking back on it, it was the one that demanded all of me, that demanded that I open myself and show all of the messy parts. And while on the outside, you know, you could pathologize it and say there were all these ways in which I was treated badly and he was treated badly just, you know, without getting into that, it was bad enough to where I was like, whoa, I don't love myself in all of these areas so much so that I'm choosing this kind of relationship to be in. Yeah. But it was also a mirror for me to see all the places where I didn't love myself. So thank goodness I didn't stay in that relationship for too long. But after that, I was like, okay, I need a coach. I need a therapist. I want to do these relationship courses. I want to infuse this type of healing into my business because I was a full-time entrepreneur at that point. And I'm like, now I know this is a freaking self-love journey. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to call it self-love because everyone calls it something a little different, right? Yep. To me, it is um, if you're going to be faced with yourself every day for the rest of your life, you, you might as well figure out who you are. Amen. So it's like, yeah, get to know yourself. I ask my clients, who are you? Who are you really? Yeah. And then we go on that journey together. And, you know, it's interesting that that's the question that you ask, because it's also the question that I hear too many women say, I don't know. They have no idea who they are, you know, and one of the big things that I teach, and and I'm sure you will, this will be a mirror for any woman who comes on this podcast or who is listening is that we get, as women, we're conditioned from such a young age to follow the list of like shoulds. We're supposed to be a certain way. We're supposed to follow a certain path. We're supposed to have a certain style of life we're supposed to have children. We're supposed to get married. We're supposed to have careers. We're supposed to be all of these things. <clears throat> and, and through all that, you're, you're supposed to bake the things you actually send to the bake sale. And, you know, there's just so many shoulds and so many supposed tos that I'm like, a the, the deeper I go into the healing parts of my coaching practice, both within myself and with my clients, I recognize that like so many of us have never actually excuse me, have never actually known who we were. We've never had the freedom to understand ourselves. And so something like that happened to you or that relationship, uh, that dream, that relationships, for me, it was like, I became a single mom and I was faced with this new life. And then I was a single mom who lost her job and was faced with a new way of life. It's like the hard moments that crack us open where we, where we have to decide to cross that, cross that threshold and really, really decide who we want to be and figure out who we always were, just didn't get the chance to allow ourselves to become right. It's so interesting to me that we don't get a chance to know, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's so sad. And yet the work that we do, it's also so beautiful to see women find themselves again and recreate themselves based on what they desire. Yeah. Yeah. I think truth is one of my highest virtues Mm -hmm. that I move towards actually truth slash connection. Cause I feel like as humans, the way we're wired, we can't have one without the other, but truth it's like, you're talking about these women that you help 
really recreate themselves, get to know who they are. And my, my thing is with all of this, it's like, what's real will always be revealed. Mm -hmm. So like, are you going to say yes to that? Yeah. Yeah. What a great question. Are you going to say yes to that? I love that. I, I actually love that. It's such a simple question. The question itself is simple, but the answer is quite profound when we truly ask ourselves that within our own truth. Yeah. It's beautiful. You know, when things are not real, when we're putting on these fake personas, when we're creating fake goals. And when I say fake, it just means we're completely disconnected from what we actually want. Mm -hmm. Like stuff gets chaotic. Yeah. And scattered and it, things get a lot harder than what they need to be. But when you get on the train of, of trying to see truth and what's actually real about me, what's actually real about the situation, things start to get a lot easier. So, you know, I mean, the self-love journey is so hard and so cool at the same time. <laughs> it really is. And I always say it's ever evolving because we are ever evolving. You know, the more, the deeper we know ourselves, the deeper we see ourselves, the more, the more clear our desires and our truth become. And then there's work, right? It's, it can be messy to get to the beautiful parts of our journey. And um, yeah, it's, it's, you're, it's hard, but it's beautiful and it's, ne it never ends. <laughs> you know, it just never ends. Every chapter, every new layer is, another opportunity for us to dive deeper into connection with self. It's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So that's when you recognized that it, that there were parts of you, you really didn't love. And then what happened from there? What evolved from there? Oh man. Well, so right now I'm helping women who own businesses or leaders really get to know themselves, but through the lens of planning their business and their weeks in a way that aligns with their desires. So you were talking about desires. It's exactly that. Yeah. Like I am a planner and I'm very organized. I actually don't like to be a planner in my personal life, but when it comes to business, I'm just like on it. And so where that led me was to really finding all these ways that me trying to build a business was not actually the way I wanted to do it. So it's six years in the making of me being a full-time entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I'm just now realizing that I'm a good planner. I love teaching embodiment work. I love teaching healing. I love teaching how to create a badass business that's aligned to how you were built. Yeah not just your desires, but like, how are you built? Like, how do you need to operate on a day-to-day -day, on a weekly basis in order to make your dreams come true? Because we can work and hustle like Gary V or we can hang out and talk about our desires all day long, like Danielle Laporte. Yep. But where's the in-between? Like, where do you live on that spectrum? And so it took me six years to figure out all these fun little pieces of who I am and what I love to do in my heart and what people want to buy and what I can do in my business. And, you know, I've tried relationship coaching. I've tried sensuality coaching. I've tried business coaching. And there was always a missing piece in me giving myself a title of this or that coach. And I'm mm. sure that you can, mm -hmm. you know, relate with this at least a little bit. Like, no, yeah. I'm not just a business coach. I mean, I'm sure I would get a lot more clients if I just <laughs> called myself a business coach, but I'm not at the end of the day, you yeah. know, like there is this huge piece of just like energetics. I want to teach really high level women about their energetics. Yeah. Like I can't do business without energetics. The energy of business speaks to me when I'm looking at your business. It's almost like it's a person standing in front of me, right? There's yeah. all these different dimensions to what, who I am and what I love to do. So that's kind of where I went next. So now I'm helping amazing clients with their planning and productivity and making sure they're doing this in a way that they're built. But also what's next for me, which I'll go ahead and share, what's next for me is I've been getting much more into healing. Yeah. 
a lot of my clients, and I just saw this over and over the last several years, like there's only so much I can help you with as a coach when it comes to your anxiety and your scarcity mindset and your beliefs that you're not enough and that you'll never get this right. Coaching can only take you so far at some point, there needs to be a component of healing to where you can really look past just the mindset. And you can start to go into the body and look at all the places where you're energetically holding on to those beliefs, start to go deeper into the mind and start to release those old beliefs from a body perspective. And so what's next for me, I've been working with several people to really understand the somatic component of healing and helping Mm -hmm. my clients get to the root issue of anxiety and unable to be productive productive and unable to build a business that they're actually excited about. So that's beautiful. And it's interesting because it's also the trajectory in which my business is headed because it's the missing piece for what I've realized as well. When I first started, um, I started as a mindset coach and I taught strategies to identify and overcome limiting beliefs. And, you know, what I realized over time was that we would release some limiting beliefs and do reframing. And then six months later, we'd have new, a whole new set of limiting beliefs coming up. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. And then I started implementing uh, business into my practice as well. And I'm like, okay, well, if we can do the, the mindset work and the strategy work, then maybe that will help people move forward. And through that, what happened is all of my clients were leaning into their masculine energy, right? And they're like doing, doing, doing and really struggling to receive clients, really struggling to make sales. Like they're doing all the right things and yet still standing in their own way. And I'm just in the process now of really starting to shift my model to be all about core wound healing. We need to go real deep Mm -hmm. and we need to figure out how, how we're, we're holding on to such deep pain and how, and identifying how it is present in our current relationships. It's present in our, in our businesses. It's present in how we allow ourselves to be seen and how we allow ourselves to receive. And the transformation has been next level because I recognized as a coach that I wasn't letting them, uh, not letting them, that's the wrong word. I wasn't holding space in a way that allowed them to really go deep within themselves. A lot of the limiting belief work is really, it's important, but if you don't know where they're coming from and you don't have the, the, the space to understand yourself at such a deep level or go to the darkest places of ourselves to recognize what has truly impacted our life to the point that we can't do things differently, right? We do a lot, quote unquote, but we're not moving forward. So now the majority of my work is about that core wound healing, the the deep level healing so that when we can release and reclaim our desires and reclaim our belief systems in a way that support who we want to be now and who we want to be in the future, it's a game changer. And so I love, nothing excites me more than when other coaches in the space are like, we need deeper, we need more, we need to be a, a safe space for people to heal at such a transformational level because we all want success right in our businesses and in our clients businesses we want to see people happy and healthy and thriving so that excites me to the next level yeah absolutely and anyone who's listening i want to give them a little resource really quickly there's a book you know if you're not ready to hire someone to take you through the deeper level stuff there's a book that i always recommend to people to look into and it's not the only book obviously, but it's amazing to start to understand your energetic patterns around how you protect yourself or how you sabotage yourself. Um, It's called the five personality patterns. Have you heard of that book? I have not, but I'm writing it down. Amazing. It's by Stephen Kessler, Stephen with a V, the five personality patterns, your guide to understanding yourself and others and developing emotional maturity. So 
a lot of the reasons that people are held back is because they're not going deeper than the mindset work where it comes Mm -hmm. into is emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they have good EQ, emotional, what is it? Emotional intelligence, intelligence. And if you have a good emotional intelligence from, from your intellectual standpoint, then it's not really emotional intelligence, you know, like in order to have emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, you have to learn how to feel. Mm hmm. If you don't want your emotions to get in the way of creating a business and a life that you want, or even being productive for five minutes on end, you've got to learn how to feel. Yeah. And that's where all of this comes into play, including what you said. I love that your, your practice is evolving into doing more of that work. And I think one thing that's going to be important for practitioners like us to remember is like, when we go into this healing work, we can't let go of the top level reason why people initially came to us, right? Like no one comes to us saying, I want you to blast my heart open and make me sob on the floor for five months so that I can heal my core wound. But, but I would really like Lauren, if you could help me plan my perfect week, I'm like, cool. I will still help you plan a week. That's right. (laughs) You're so right. You're so right. And it's so true. Uh, People come to me, they want me to help them overcome their mindset blocks so they can build their business. People are very aware that they're getting in their own way. A lot of the time, they just don't know that what, what will help them is cracking wide open. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's balancing, like you said, as a practitioner, balancing their original goal, but also providing them that deeper level transformation so that it's sustainable in their life. Yeah. Right. And I think that for me is my ultimate goal. It's, it's, it is truly one of my highest values is, is providing those healing tools for sustainability when our time together is over. I want my clients to continue to evolve. I want them to, to continue continue to be able to be successful. I want them to see themselves, right? And recognize when, you know, they're triggered and they're starting to go back into those patterns because you and I have been on our own healing journeys and we know triggers still happen. Things still come up. But if you provide them with such a a sustainable set of strategies and tools for their own success to be able to move themselves through that, that emotional process, because like you said, you have to understand your emotions. You have to allow yourself to yourself to feel if we can do that as practitioners, like we literally can change the world. Yeah. Who I'm so curious, who are the types of ladies or even maybe men that you serve? So I predominantly serve female entrepreneurs. Um, and I serve I'm, I would like to serve high achievers because I resonate with that's a mirror for me and where my journey. Um, a lot of the time, I, I call them my baby entrepreneurs. They're just starting out and they're so excited and yet they're so uncertain of themselves. Um, so they come to me often and we do a lot of, they come to me heavily in their masculine energy, right? And I, the work that we do balances both. I I give them the tools to do the things that'll move their business forward. Um, and also provide, uh, give them an opportunity to look within and heal and gain strategy on how to have daily practices that move them again towards their goal. But in this beautiful dance of masculine and, and feminine energy, um, as I go deeper into the core wound healing, as I evolve, it targets more of the already in the thick of entrepreneurship, right? Mm. She's a high achiever and she's, she's hitting her upper limits. Like, she's like, I can't go any further. I'm I've, I've done the things I'm deep in my heat. I've done the healing quote on uh, quotations. I'm doing all the things I'm having success, but I cannot keep going. I'm at an upper level. That's the woman I desire to really go deep, deep, deep within and allow her to heal those parts of herself that she's turned away from for a long, long time. Yeah. You want them to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Build your business and feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then like, then there is no upper limit because 
you have it like you have everything you need you have both energies in this beautiful dance in a healthy way to continue to allow ourselves to evolve um so we haven't even touched on the embodiment work and i'm dying to hear how you teach it and how that came about and how you you know those practices are still prevalent in your business today yeah so embodiment again this is not something that someone comes to me and they're like i'm looking for embodiment right there's usually <laughs> yeah. a there's usually a problem that they're wanting to solve and it's literally what you some of the things you just said it's like i'm building my business i'm experiencing some levels of success but i just get to this point where i burn out every time and then i waste a bunch of time trying to get back on top mm-hmm. that's one of the problems mm-hmm. um Another problem is I just don't feel good when I'm doing this. Yeah. Like I feel without a better set of words, I feel like a man in my business and I'm not a man. Another one is I realize I love what I do, but I think I'm going a little too hard and I'm not spending time with my family. Mm -hmm. And it's, I have a birthday coming up and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to be fully present during their birthday. Like that's Mm -hmm. an actual problem that so many of my previous clients have had. And so what is revealed through that work is literally what you just said. There's this overemphasis and overcultivation of masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And while I never want to demonize masculine energy, there's there's gifts there. We can't do this without masculine energy. Mm-hmm. There's just been a deficit and a miseducation about how to create. Yeah. And we need to be able to do that with a, a balance, a harmony of feminine energy as well. And then eventually when you get deeper into the work of learning masculine and feminine, then you learn how to create with a harmonic dance and then you learn how to create when they both become one thing. Yeah. Like that's a whole other level of creation and being able to manage your life and manage yourself and manage your health as you are experiencing these different types of energies in your life. That's a whole other thing, a practice to learn as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can go and just stop being masculine and do all feminine manifestation and creating from your feminine world. But then what is going to go crashing and burning in your life as a result of choosing that, right? Like we've got it. We have real lives to manage when we start exploring these different types of energy. So when I say embodiment work, it's like, yes, learn that you don't need to hustle from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. You don't have to have things be completely clear every day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring your never-ending to-do list into the weekend. Where we start is we start by looking at what is your relationship with time yeah, and abundance yeah. and what you think is possible getting done in your business and also your relationship with your self-trust. Like if the relationship with self-trust, if I'm standing at the Grand Canyon with a parachute on my back and I've been practicing how to do this for 30 years, do I trust myself to jump off even though I don't know what's at the bottom? Right. So there's that concept. Then after we start looking at how much do you trust yourself? How much of a relationship do you have with time? Is it a negative relationship, scarcity relationship? Do you think you have enough of it? Are you on top of it or is it on top of you? We go through all that stuff. Then we start looking at desires and feelings. Yeah. So a lot of the masculine energy, it is ignoring feelings because we're just going for it. We're on the hunt. We're going to kill the animal in front of us. And there's literally nothing that's going to get in the way. Right. But from a feminine perspective, when we are moving towards something or when something's moving towards us, how do we feel about it? Are we connected to our hearts? Because our desires, in my opinion, our compass lives in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So that's where the femininity, the feminine energy planning, the feminine embodiment comes into play. Yeah. But you can't feel if your awareness is not in your body. That's right. So uh, this isn't just like sensuality work and like dancing and la la la. There's yeah. a lot of 
coaches who love to focus on that. And it's actually very useful, but there are other ways that we can start to feel safe because this is about safety Mm -hmm. that we can feel safe and empowered to bring our awareness back into our body. Not so much in our heads and start to feel what's there. A lot of times when we start to feel what's there, there could be a lot of old stuff there that we don't want to feel. (laughs) Yeah. So that's part of the embodiment process. There are different areas of our body that we have ignored for a long time that with this awareness work, we can bring our awareness back to those parts of the bodies. This is, this ties into a lot of our health, like, or do we have reproductive issues? If we start doing healing and embodiment work around our uterus and our womb, what could start to transform in that area, right? There's. Western medicine and Eastern medicine philosophies in embodiment work. I'm not a doctor. I don't ever claim to be, but when we're starting to work with energy and awareness, there's so much in that world and embodiment that we could discover and play yeah. with. And um, I'm not sure if that answers. I could talk about this for like three hours if we want I to could listen but- to you talk about it for three hours. <laughs> it's uh, it's something I'm, I've been fascinated with in my journey probably for the last six months. It's something that, you know, anybody who listens to this and has heard me train and has known me in real life, I I lived in my masculine energy for a very long time. I didn't, when this concept came to me that the, that we had the ability to channel them both, I didn't even recognize that there was a such a thing and B, I didn't know how to access my feminine energy. And Still to this day, especially with what our world has gone through in the last 12 to 15 months, if I, if I feel out of control in my environment or I feel like I'm not able to create space for myself to be with myself, it's, I like instantly, I'm like living in my masculine energy because I feel safe there because it's been my default my whole life. But what I'm really starting to find and what I really want to bring into my practice and in my trainings and into this podcast is knowing about our ability to have space within both energies and how both energies can really help us to stay in on top of our life, but also to heal and to do the things. And so embodiment work is fascinating to me because I'm not feminine by nature. I was raised by a very um, strong single mom who has lived in her feminine or in her masculine energy, probably all of her life. And I'm not sure I'll ever be able to get her to step into her feminine. So it's not a it wasn't a safe place for me to go. It was a very vulnerable, raw place within myself. And so I could listen to you talk about it all day because I find it so beautiful and empowering and exciting. And for those of my listeners who aren't familiar with the feminine masculine energies and, and you know, what, purpose they both solve that's we could talk about that for hours but if you could explain to them embodiment or or you know one or two really quick ways to kind of use embodiment as a way to work towards their goals what would you say like if if a brand new person was standing in front of you and was like I don't know what you're talking about what would you say to them good questions I'll just riff off whatever I got right now so If you are someone who is creating something in your life, whether that's a family, whether that's a business, whether that's a project, ask yourself, is what I'm doing, does it feel good? Do I feel good doing this? Mm -hmm. I have a personal philosophy that what I want to be working on should feel good and it should be in alignment with what I actually want to do. If that's you, keep listening. If you don't believe that and you're like, nope, got to work hard till the day I die. And sometimes I, well, actually I got to sacrifice myself in order to get this stuff done. It doesn't really matter what I want. Then this is not the message for you. If you are the first person, right? Because I've actually had business partners in my past where we did not share that and they wanted me to work harder and they wanted me to work on things I didn't want to work on. 
and we had to compromise or we had to sever our business partnership. Yeah. I, I played this game long enough to where I know who I am and what my life starts to look like when I'm not listening to my desires. And I don't want that kind of life. Yeah. So if you're someone who wants to feel good with whatever you're building, embodiment work might be for you. If we were to explain embodiment and the difference between feminine and masculine, at the end of the day for me, it's like, do you feel good about what you're building? If something feels off, you need to listen to that. I'm telling you right now to listen to that. There is a very primal, biological, but also psychological and spiritual reason why you might be feeling that. I can't tell you what it means yet, Mm. but listen to that. Our bodies are an alert system to get us closer to what we desire and what we need in order to survive, or it pushes away from things that we need to protect ourselves from. So if you don't feel good, listen to that. If you want to move forward from there and you want to figure out why you don't feel good, a lot of the times you have to go into personal development and start asking yourself, why do I not feel good about what I'm doing? Where that's usually going to lead you is to a certain methodology of trying to figure out why that is, whether that's mindset work, whether that's um, therapy, certain kind of therapy, whether that's embodiment work, whether that's relationship, getting deeper into your relationships and coaching around that. And if you don't feel good about what you're doing, you're going to have to face those feelings. Yep. Embodiment. Okay. I can't bring out the Latin origination of this word <laughs> currently. I'd have <laughs> to Google okay. it. <laughs> but embodiment, there's the word body in there. Mm getting into your body, feeling your feelings. If you don't feel good about something, then it's probably a good idea to understand why and to understand what's going to get you closer to what you want to experience. And the way to do that is with embodiment work, some forms of therapy and some forms of coaching. You have to get into your body if you want to understand what your feelings are and what they're about and what they're trying to tell you. Hmm. Where the masculine and feminine comes into play is it's just different ways of creating in your life and different ways of exploring. So masculine energy, I said this on a podcast the other day. When I say masculine energy, I'm not talking about biological gender. I'm talking about the Eastern philosophy that within every single one of us, there is both an equal feminine energy and masculine energy. When we're in a masculine energy way of being, We are planning things. We're getting things done. We're holding space for chaos. We're creating structures. We are leading something towards. We are pulling something towards. We are pushing something towards. Just a very action-oriented way of being. And when we're in the more feminine energies, we're doing things like we're leaning back. We are receiving what's coming to us. We are opening. We are learning about our heart. We are learning about what might be in the way of us fully expressing our hearts. It's it's expression. The feminine energy is expressing. It's the flow. It's the river. The masculine is the riverbed. The water is the feminine. And so if you can imagine that you've been building your business and building your life in just masculine energy, and you have a hard time receiving a compliment, and you have a hard time resting, and you have a hard time turning your mind off, and you have a hard time feeling good, then it's just showing you that your energies are not in balance, Mm. and they're not working for who you uniquely are. And so here's another question. How do I need to be in order to feel good? Do I need more feminine? Do I need more masculine? Do I need more of both? This is, you know, like we're going through a coaching questions right now. It's just questions, right? So A lot of women I have heard say, and I even heard you say this, and I used to say this too, if you don't mind me. Yeah, go. Saying. Yeah. I hear a lot of women say, I'm naturally more masculine. That's not actually true for a lot of us. Mm. We could be, I'm going to move my computer a little bit because of the lighting. We could be naturally something, but we can't see what that is because we're so programmed to be one thing or the other. 
So let's say I grew up with a highly masculine mom, which my mom was actually pretty balanced, but there was a lot of unhealthy expression in each Mm -hmm. side. But let's say she was mostly masculine. I could say I'm naturally masculine because my mom was. No, I cultivated masculine because my mom was that. I learned it from her, but it didn't mean that that's what I naturally am, right? So there's a spectrum here in energies. You could be more naturally feminine, like tw- like 70% feminine natural expression, and maybe what feels best for you is you are that last 30% masculine but you won't know that until you go on this journey. A lot of us say I'm more naturally masculine, but you just assume that's what you are because that's what you were in your childhood. But in our childhood, we had to learn how to do that at some point as well. Mm -hmm. So in me understanding what is natural for me as far as the ratio of masculine and feminine and what is cultivated, what I've cultivated. Oh my gosh, I have cultivated my masculine like crazy. I am so confident in my masculine energy and how I apply myself in my life and my business. But because of that, I still have a lot more work to do in understanding my feminine and really getting to that blank space where I can see what's most natural for me. And in relationship, I'm actually starting to see that I'm so good at being in my masculine, but I prefer to be 90% in my feminine in my relationship. And so what that means is I've got to find a man who's comfortable being 90% in his masculine. And of course, we're going to dance through each one of those every now and then, right? When you get to real life and poopy diapers, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you want to be feminine, you know, like there's that reality aspect too, but there is a base level. Like where do we sit in our natural state um, that I think is a very beautiful journey to go on? Yeah. And I, I agree being in the thick of it right now and and un- learning to uncover what you said, like, what did I cultivate or adapt from my upbringing and what is natural? And what I, I guess when I like sit with myself and I try to remember the inner child and go to those places and, and go through as a child, I was very feminine in my feminine mm-hmm. energy often, but it's my experiences and the environments in which I was raised and some of the strategies that I had to put in place that I have always felt more protected and safe in my masculine energy. And now as I start to go through that, it's very vulnerable in the feminine. And that is a journey all in itself to allow ourselves to just be in that vulnerable state when you've lived in an energy that protected you from that for so long. It's, it's an interesting journey. And it is one because I'm so fascinated by it, because I have to say that it's that understanding that has been probably the most profound part of my journey to date. And I have been on a long self-love journey. I think that's why I think it's so important that I start talking about it more in my in my practice and allowing other women to explore that within themselves too and, and and make decisions based on what you know what's in our heart center and what our intuition is telling us because in that in that sense of the, the word and that sense of this conversation I have always trusted my body and I've always trusted my gut but my default if I'm if I'm feeling unsafe or I'm feeling stressed or I feel pressured my default is always the masculine. And it's, it's such a, I could talk about it all day. It's fascinating. It's truly fascinating when societally, you know, and I've taught this concept since day one of being a coach is societally, we were programmed to be a certain way, but ironically within all of that programming, society has programmed us out of our feminine as women and into our masculine. And so when we talked at the beginning about most women don't even know who they are, they also don't know where they are in their own dance of energy, mm-hmm. right? It's it's fascinating. I love what you do. Thank you. Yeah. I've, the energetic component of understanding ourselves is very important and it's coming online more and more, like more and more mm-hmm. practitioners are 
doing this work for themselves, but starting to offer it because it's important. It is important. And I think when you really get into it and you really start to recognize energetically the power we have within ourselves to be balanced and have balance, right? Societally has talked about how we're in out of balance. There is no work-life balance. We've heard that for so long. When we recognize we have the power to create balance in our life and have thriving businesses and be wildly successful and have, you know, very structured weeks, which goes back to what you, you're, you're teaching now. But like, uh, if I decide I don't work more than 25 hours a week, but I'm intentional about my calendar and my scheduling, and then I get to balance myself both in, both in the tangible world and the energetic world, when we realize we have that power, every, like, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that freedom? Oh my gosh. It's so much fun when you get to that place too. Yeah. Like to be able to not feel like sacrifice is something you have to do to get where you want to go as women in particular, you know, we talk about energetics and everybody thinks that emotions are very there, that's being feminine, but that's incorrect. We are emotional beings. That's just the way women are. That's the way people are, but that's the way women are. We're expressive. We express ourselves emotionally. And so when we feel as though we have to sacrifice the things that we love, the people that we love, the time that's important, we are emotional about that, but that doesn't mean we're intentional about balancing our energies. And I think that's why this conversation is is becoming more and more to the forefront of a, a not necessarily, I wouldn't blanket statement it and say in the coaching industry, it's just coming forward because we're ready to receive it. You know, we're ready mm. to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you and I, and we all get to live lives that we've intentionally created. Yeah. We get to clear all the beliefs that don't believe that that stuff works. Yep. And we get like little things. My girlfriend texted me this morning. It was the littlest things make me so happy now. Yeah. (laughs) She goes, she's like, hey, I hope you're having a great day. I forgot to call you back this weekend. Are you around later? Let's talk about Clubhouse app because we're going to do something tomorrow. She's like, I also wanted to invite you to a brunch that we're hosting. Me and my girlfriends are hosting on Sunday. And I'm just like. Oh my God. Yes. Life is so fun. Isn't it? You know, like there's this place where I created my life and I planned my life to be able to be available for last minute brunches with girlfriends. And last week I didn't have it in my mind that I would ever be at a brunch with a girlfriend, but I've been feeling lately. Wow. It would be really nice to do more girlfriend things on Sunday. And so that's just how this how life starts to look like with like the synchronicities and things being gifted to you. And if you're comfortable and you're feminine, you can receive things like Mm -hmm. this. Like this gets to feel like a playground, even when there are poopy diapers and earthquakes and like stuff that you cannot imagine could ever happen happening. Like there's, there's a way to get through life that is by the way, very hard at times and still be connected to your energies and connected to your body and just be grateful and have fun. Yeah. And be in love with your life. You know, it's interesting. We used that word 0% here, but in this entire conversation, which I secretly adore because often what happens in these energetic relationships or energetic conversations is they People use them in in relationship form and how to give and receive love. And it's so important, but that's not what we're talking about today. But you get to create a a life in which you literally just live in love, in love with your connections, in love with your schedule, in love with your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to speak to the people right now who are listening and completely rolling their eyes because I was that person. I still am that person some days. Mm -hmm. Like all of this sounds like complete pish posh BS if you are in a place where you're more in the beginning of the journey or if you're having a bad day, like I still have bad days. So like, Mm -hmm. yes, you can love your life. I haven't said it because I thought that was like a cliche. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've been told by a coach to to just scream, I love my life in the morning. And I'm just like, that didn't do anything for me. (laughs) 
No, no, because you're not feeling it. You're not creating an environment. You, well, you said the thing about brunch and, and I'll tell a little story because I'm practicing being in my feminine, like consciously yeah. practicing being in my feminine energy. And today, you know, I could sense my daughter's energy was heavy and it's Monday and school and the things. And so when she had her first break, I literally just turned on music and we just literally had a dance party. And what's funny is that's feminine. And so we had fun. We, we shook the energies in the room up, shook the energy of the house up. She had a much better afternoon. And I've just been living in this like moment of like, this is the life we've created because, because this is the life we were intentional about creating and how grateful I am that, you know, 11 months into a pandemic, my family laughs every day and we get to still enjoy each other's company every day. And, you know, but that is intentional within the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just yelling. I love my life means shit. If you're not creating an environment in which you feel that. Yeah. Right. Um, Like it, I saw a quote the other day, like a meme, I forgot who, who from one of the mentors that I follow. And it said something I'll, I'm going to rephrase this. It's like not communicating is hard. Communicating is hard. Choose your hard. Choose your hard. So it's like not going on this personal development and self-love and embodiment journey is freaking hard. Yeah. And if you choose it, it is just as freaking hard. And yes. sometimes it's going to seem harder at first because it's actually easy, I think, to stay in contentment and to stay in a comfortable life. It's harder to choose mm. a better, more intentional life. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be days where you look back and be like, damn, I'm so happy. I said yes to that over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, thank you so much for this conversation. It was so fun. Um, where can my listeners find more of you? Because I know that they will want to. What, what is your favorite platform? Like, where can they hang out with you? Oh, I'm still deciding what my favorite platform is. <laughs> you know, they all just keep popping up every day. So true. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Lauren Nicole Peters. Um, you can find me on Instagram at lauren.nicole.peters. And you can find my website at www.yourperfectweek.com. And if you want an invitation to one of my offerings that I do over and over again, it's yourperfectweek.com slash invitation. Perfect. And I will link all of those in the show notes so you guys can just be lazy and click the link and find all the amazing things that Lauren has to offer. Thank you so much for being here today. And I can't wait to stay connected in the future. Thank you.